Can you believe in a finite object possessing infinite power? Or that a mineral can be proclaimed the medicine of the 21st century? If you can, you will know why our mission is to get Shungite to the masses. You are entering the Shungite zone. This is the Shungite Radio Show produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. And welcome to Shungite Reality. It is February 23rd, 2021. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me we have Derek Condon and Mark Joseph. So I'm going to unmute the guys and, uh, well, wait a minute, I'll, maybe I'll unmute them. <laughs> hi, hi, Derek. Hi, Mark. Hey, good morning, Nancy. Morning, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, Nancy. Morning, Derek. Okay, okay. So, um, is there something you guys wanted to cover, you know, before we get into uh, the promo that's up on the in the chat room right now? on the products that you got up there. And um, so is there anything you'd like to kind of touch on beforehand? Yeah, actually, I'm jumping all over this. I'm looking at the images we have up there. I just saw new one go up. Nice. Um, yeah, I guess I got a couple comments on different things. So we were chatting before the show um, about some of the crystal dragon skulls and the regular dragon skulls. And um, as you'll see in the promo uh photo that Nancy was just talking about. There are some huge chunks of smoky quartz crystal and whatnot. Um, no, it was just more of a, we were chatting off the air and then I wanted to point out, um, and it probably makes sense on the air. We do have to on these larger, like for example, the dragon skulls and the smoky quartz crystals, those things are averaging between a pound and two pounds each. Um, so we do have to, unfortunately, because they're only available on the online store, um, of course, for remote individuals, we have to ship them. So there is a markup for the shipping costs, which is, you know, why why you'll see them, um, you know, have to be raised a little bit. But I also wanted to mention that on shipping, just worldwide shipping everywhere from the Cosmic Reality and Mystical Wares online stores, we've been having delays, of course, um, for the buyer's drama for many, many months now. And it hasn't slowed down. If anything, it's gotten slightly worse um, overseas as well. Packages, and so not just overseas, but here domestically, packages going from A to B um, just within the US being held up or delayed. Um, I mean, it can be weather trouble, virus trouble, just whatever, but there are issues. So please be patient with delays and shipping. Um, we do try and get tracking numbers out as soon as possible so you can follow those um but i do want to mention you know if a package does get lost in shipping so if you order some s4 stickers a shungite magnet or something like that um you know just track the package and if it shows and it does show sometimes it was delivered um and i think we have some i don't think they call them like porch thieves or something like that walking by stealing things different items and things but we'll take care of it and uh, reship a package um shungite's that important to us so definitely don't don't just let things pass by. If, if your package is really delayed, um, feel free to contact us. But I wanted to mention that regarding shipping. Um, and then, the again, the offset on pricing, just because of that, I, of course, shipping prices have gone up um, through the postal system as well. 
In fact, they even shut down our local, our whole post office in Darrington, Washington. Granted, it is a little, little podunk one out in the boonies where we live, but they have done things like that, which limits us to get into other post offices. So just some 3D drama there, but nothing that's not insurmountable. But you have not raised the uh, cost of $5 domestic shipping. No. Mm-mm. No, no, that's all. But the same. you have a, you have been forced to increase the price of certain items because of the weight. That's a great point. I should have emphasized that. Yes, on the above, oh, around the pound mark is where we have to throw things in the priority mail just because of shipping limitations. I won't bore you all with as a business we're limited to. Um, you have to make certain leaps at certain sizes and weights and volumes. But anyway, so we did do that. Um, uh, for the the dragon skulls and whatnot, and they're they're all those type of items. The huge crystals. I'm talking about a couple pound crystals here. Um, they're just uh, really OCD packed in bubble wrap and and multiple boxes, usually depending on what it is. So you know, we wanted to arrive in good shape. I can attest to that <laughs> because if you guys remember in the last show we we were talking well we were we were showing some of the items that he had including the smoky quartz and the and the dragon heads and there was one dragon in in the picture right now what I he had sent me a video and I took stills of the video to be able to put that promo up and when I was put it up and I was, you know, looking at it, I had it on my screen so because we were talking about it. There was this one dragon that I just couldn't get my eyes off of it. Now, part of the situation was is that the dragon's eye, which is just a cutout, it's not any pupil in there, but the shadow had caused a pupil to appear. And so the dragon kept staring back at me. <laughs> and I'm like Finally, I had to, I was getting so disconcerted with with looking at this thing that I had to had to take it down off the screen, and um, I said to Derek, I said I need one of these. Well, I said it, but then I you know didn't really think about it until I get a message from him, and he said, uh, "Do you want a roommate?" <laughs> and he and he shows me this picture, and I went, "No, this cannot be." And so I went back and I checked, and yeah, it's, it was the same dragon that he sent me was the one that had been staring at me. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, yes, when I opened that package, there was, first off, it was square. <laughs> it was actually a square package, and it had been delayed in, in mailing. But that's how well it was packaged. It was actually still square. All the corners are right. And everything in it was just absolutely fine. And he also sent me one of the selenite. Uh, we talked about selenite last last time, too like a dagger thing. I mean, I've, I've got a huge piece of, of selenite, but nowhere near as crystal clear as, as the ones that he's got. This is really, I, I said to him, I wonder where they got this vein of selenite that is this beautiful. I mean, to be able to take, you know, that thing has to be, I think that, that dagger thing, Derek, must have been 10 inches long. Oh, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's at least three quarters of an inch thick, and just ac- absolutely beautiful. I mean, amazing. But yeah, so you will get the packages safe if you get the packages. <laughs> that's that's the <laughs> bottom line, I think. But as long as we're talking about um, dragons, what I 
what I wanted to tell you, Derek, was not only was there that we- weird thing with that one dragon, but the reason that I have such an affinity for the dragons is because people don't realize it. But if you're on the if you're in the chat room right now, scroll all the way down the page, all the way down the page, and you're going to see a dragon appear. Okay. Behind everything on that chat, with the chat room and all the stuff that's on there, there are a dragon. There's a dragon. All, it, just this beautiful, beautiful drawing of a dragon. So people don't know that when they come to cosmic reality, um, they are getting dragon energy. And dragon energy is just, uh, well, it's dragon energy. So one of the when people come and they feel very comfortable, it's because they're getting dragon hugs, in my opinion. <laughs> so that was something else you probably never knew, uh, Derek, about the dragons. No, I didn't know that was even down there or behind there or whatnot. Um, I should mention, I did just share an image of the uh, selenite. We'll call it selenite knife because that's what it looks like in the chat room window as well. Just so oh, you're aware. Awesome. Oh, awesome. And this one has the chakra symbols going down it. We have lots of them without any kind of symbols at all. And we can custom laser etch stuff. But those that one has chakra symbols, just for those who are wondering, what are those crazy designs? Okay. Now, as long as we're making public announcements, I have to announce something rather rather sad. We've been knocked off YouTube. <laughs> okay. Uh, and um, we got another strike against us. Now, no. Normally, when people get, you know, strikes against them, they go down for a week or so. But now, this is 90 days. This is three months. I cannot do anything. I don't even know if you can see the videos anymore. Because it was like last night, I went to load up a video, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you're a bad person. It was Jan Shaw. Jan Shaw's show did it. (laughs) All she was doing was reporting on current events. And, you know, it's like she said something that, you know, took us down. So I will, we still have the archives, we still have the podcast, we still got Rumble. But as Mark pointed out to me, uh, one of the main players out there was, I guess, censored. Is that correct, Mark? Uh, Jordan? Jordan Sathers? Yeah, he announced that on um, Telegram. Uh, last week, he had like a couple of videos that were uh, shadow banned and like deranked. Um, I think it got fixed recently, but there's funny, funny business going on. So your uh, YouTube page is accessible. I just went to it now. Uh, okay. So the last thing was from four days ago, uh, Radio 5G, the one-minute clip. Okay, so they, they, they're letting you see it, but I can't put up anything on the, on the station. They, they they prevented me from getting into the back side of it uh, for 90 days. Lovely you people. So I am going to um, bite the bullet and go to Brighton and um, BitChute, and there's another new one out, brand new video or something, YouTube. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's, an, it's an, another attempt to give an option to YouTube. Um, what I understand of it from people that have tried to use it is that it's still so new, none of the bells and whistles are there, and it's rather difficult. Uh, the reason that you would go with something like that is because it is new, and it doesn't have a million trillion 
videos up there. So you got a better chance of being seen if you go with somebody new and you pick the right one and they manage to survive and thrive. And I think we're going to find somebody out there that's going to survive and thrive. Um, so anyway, so nothing much I can do about that except to tell you again. You can go to the archives, you go to the radio station, look at the radio tab, let it drop down, you'll see archives. It'll give you whatever week you're looking at. Um, you can also go to the tab that says blogs and books and blogs, and you can go down to the blog and click on that, and that's a, a, a you know almost a quicker way of getting into all of the archives because where it's set up as a blog, each entry is a week of programming, and you can. You'll see the. I put up the photos. You'll be able to look at the photos and see what we're doing, and you can listen to it. So you can look at the photos and listen to it. But you can also download it, you know, directly into your. So if you if you're not into podcasts, but you you like to have your own, you know, you can do that too. So um, yes, that's it's more of the censoring. What can I tell you? There's also the. Um... Anybody, uh, I guess, with the um, for me iPhone, it's automatically there. The iTunes app, I guess, other phones you can download it. But you have access to cosmic reality uh, shows, and then if you subscribe, it gets downloaded automatically um, on on um, for me the iPhone. And uh, yeah, that's how I listen every week to some of the shows. It was funny because I went over to uh, Amazon. I was looking for another book. And when I go over there, I check mine to see, you know, what's happening with it. And when I put, put in Shanghai Reality, not only did the book come up, but the logo for the podcast came up. And it startled me. I'm going, what the heck, you know? And then I realized Amazon now has podcasts, too. So if you go to Amazon, you say Shanghai Reality, you'll, boom, get the podcast, sign up for it, or do whatever you want. I don't know what it gives you, but like Mark says, um, if you sign up with a particular podcast, I think, Mark, um, they will notify you whenever I put up a new video. Is that correct? Or a new audio? Yeah, that's what happens. So whenever you put it up, however you do that, um, since I'm subscribed uh, uh, through the app, it, it automatically downloads it. Automatically um, downloads it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So there, you know, you might have to work a little harder to find us, but we're we're there. We're we're going to be there. It's just um, you know you're being limited. You are being limited in seeing what the truth really is. Yeah, I've I've got some. So I've been working on workarounds, and you know about some of this, Nancy. For those listening, and Mark, so what I've done in the background is set up. And again, Nancy, you know about this. The, uh, I'll be begging for a reason. A certain with a certain company, a podcast account. So our shows, be it Cosmic Reality, Shungite Reality, this show is going to be automatically put between all these platforms, be it Amazon, Deezer, Spotify, blah blah blah, all of them automatically. So anybody listening, if you already have a favorite podcast or music listening platform, like Nancy Mark were saying, we're already on it. And each app, so tying into what Mark and Nancy were saying about auto-download, that's going to be an app or platform-specific thing. So depending on your, let's say you're into Spotify, just 
Open up your search box, type us in, you're going to find us. And then your ability to be notified and or download preemptively the show will be limited to that app. So you may see different things on different apps and stuff. Just be aware of that. But we are all over the place, and uh, I'm not holding my breath on YouTube anymore. If we're up there, we're up there. If not, I've already taken other measures. What what have you done with um, your? Where are you bring, putting them? Or are you just putting them up on your own site? What are you doing? Um, what I'm doing is right now. So on mysticalwars.net, there is a page where you can click on it, and it says podcast. Um, in fact, I'm verifying it right now. See what I call it? Radio show podcast. And it's there. And all that really does is link to the page that you and I in the background have from our pat. We'll just say overall podcast account that we can share. So we have customizable pages. And it's being shared on these platforms automatically. Uh, but yeah, under mysticalwares.net page, you can click on services. And on that drop down, there's a radio show podcast page where I've actually transferred some of our recent ones up there. Um, well, but you, we should, have that... you, you should also put the archive page, the, the link yeah, to yeah, the yeah. archives. You can just do the main one because um, those shows have the photographs. And, in, and like today, when we're going to talk about the promo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important that they see these things. Oh, yeah. Nope, absolutely. I'll have to link into that now that we're getting more harassment from YouTube and whatnot. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I'll I'll make a whole page with links to all of the podcasts because they're different ones, which is why. So those listening, some of these shows are on Cosmic Reality, some are on Shungite Reality and different platforms. And so I know it can get confusing at times, but I will work on an overall landing page to where you can go from there. Well, what it's set up in the podcast is that, and in the archives, in the archives, uh, Shungite Reality is, of course, in the in the Cosmic Reality archives. But on um, the podcast, I also put it into the Cosmic Reality podcast list, but I have an, uh, its own playlist with Shungite shows. Okay. So if you're only interested in getting every Shungite show that we've ever done in since, you know, this crapola started... Um, the age of crapola. That might be the new new term for this where we're at. Anyway, <laughs> um, you can go there and and just the Shungite shows are there, so you can find them rather quickly. Well, you, you'll find them because they're the only thing there. <laughs> so we've done our best to make it all of our information accessible, um, and you know it's it's just a bump in the road, not a big deal, a sad one because we had over forty five hundred people on that. Is subscribe to YouTube, and um, so you just have to hope that they they felt strong enough about us that they'll search for the alternatives. Because I can't tell them now. I can't go on and say, "Look at go here," you know. So we'll see. Um, okay, so are you ready to talk about the promos? I mean, the promo, oh, the pictures. Yep. Let me just go back over here and see. I'm sharing links. So while she's doing that, everybody, I'm sharing links who, for those that are in chat to the Cosmic Reality and Shungite Reality overall podcast page um, in the chat room. So you can link to there as well. And again, you can even just download the apps from the your favorite music sites and then do it that way too. Okay, I'm going to re-add the uh, photograph so that people okay. don't have to scroll up. It'll be right there. And look at it. I'll get mine in before you. Okay, good. Now I'm ready. Okay, there we are. And all you have to do is click on that picture and it'll blow up. You can 
you can get you can blow it up so you can even see more of the you know get closer into some of these uh, crystals but just click on it and it'll open up in its own page the photograph yep that's right and this is just also a little add-on this is a small selection um, Warren and I stayed up late last night to get another, I don't know, six, seven, eight of these guys up there, be it the, and we haven't called them that on air yet, but the little hedgehog-looking or Groot-looking crystal clusters and the uh, Groot from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie, for those wondering what I'm talking about, um, and or the crystal dragon skulls, and, and again, the large smoky quartz. Those are just some examples online, we're, we're putting, or in the photo. There's many more available online as well. Now, let me ask you about the hedgehog or the mm -hmm. characters from the, what was it, Whoopi? Who, 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 what were they? Okay. <laughs> My daughter had to remind me, but it was, and I saw the movie with her, Groot. And so like oh, Root, Root, the yes. tree, but with G. Groot is a character's name that looks like a walking tree man. Well, you're going to know him, Nancy. Green Man it made an appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy movie known as, or called Groot. So... Pick your generation, they're going to know that character is somebody else. But Green Man is walking around in movies, just so you're not by that name, but they call him Green uh, Groot. And so, anyway. Um, it's, okay, uh, so it's, how did you get the eyes? The eyes are Shungi, I'm assuming. Uh, I didn't do this. These were, I picked these up in Arizona. I didn't even make these guys. Which I'm so the, uh uh, no. But when I do get the ability to make these and come across these crystals, which, yes, we weren't supposed to talk about it, but it's down the pipe. Um, we're going to be using Shungite eyes and whatnot. But no, these are, I'm not sure what those eyes are made of. I love them. I mean, they are yeah. just so sweet. The pictures don't do them justice. There's hundreds of little quartz crystal points within the head matrix of these little crystal guys. I mean, they're, they're really clear. They're real, they about all ended up in my office or so. But I'm like, no, no, you can't take everything. You guys, pass it on. But yeah, they're really neat. They are. They're really, really neat. They sit well on desks. So think, of course, crystalline structures, old energy and whatnot. And these, you can, uh, let's just say, I'll use the word assign a personality, just feel a personality. Again, they're called consciousness constructs. So anything that would have a, a, a 3D visualization of a head or a skull or something like that. Um, often, etheric entities like to hold a portion of their form in them. So that, yes... You can communicate through them, thinking of a little etheric cell phone with the earth-like earth entity of your choice kind of thing. Um, that's just kind of, and that's probably a whole other show as well. I know I tend to go off on things. Um, but that's yet another level with these little guys that can be done. And I'm talking about the plethora of skulls that are available. And you can make your own even. Um, but yeah, so they're really interesting. Yeah, let, let, let's let's we what else are we going to talk about? Let's talk about the consciousness that because. Um, Mark, 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 and and uh, Walt in the last Shungite show because you weren't you weren't here you weren't here, and um, and we we had terrible problems with the technology and we got a hold of Walt and then I said Walt just come on on, and they started having a conversation about quantum touch, and it was brought up that in the book that Walt was given by Mark and Walt is taking very slowly to you know, get everything he can out of it. He started mentioning, you know, putting consciousness into into uh, different items. Do you remember that conversation, Mark? Yeah, I liked it because um, you guys covered it in the, the other show, 
too. So um, the uh, um, intelligence of life force and uh, how it finds its way through the body and um, comparing it with Reiki too, and, and which the author um, uh, gets into, uh, relates to Shungite because Shungite is like an infinity stone. You know, it's like a life force rock. So in this way, you can, you know, um, balance yourself out faster. Nancy? Well, I don't really want to talk because I got some weird noise happening behind me. You hear that? I don't well, I'm know. not hearing it. Oh, okay, I don't know what it is. They, well, I thought they had finished the road, but maybe they're out on the road again. I don't know. A lot of building around here. Um, okay, so when we talk about, uh, Derek, when, we, when you're talking about when you're Shungite, okay, Walt and I will talk about the sentience of Shungite. Dolly will tell you that she talks to the, Mr. Turtle and, and Mr. Spiral. People are out there, and they really do think in terms of I've done this with minerals all ever since I met them you know that there is a consciousness a sentience in the minerals uh, if you've got ruby it's all the same kind of a of a signal no matter well there's differences where the ruby comes from but there's the energy forms that are in them it's, it's like it's so magical because who would think that a rock could talk to you and yet who would think that a teddy bear will talk to a kid? It's sort of like we project a created consciousness sentience in these cases, in my opinion, that are based on a mm, archetypal oversoul, like you've got a soul of ruby, and it is a sentient being. It's a you know. It's, it's a creator consciousness and that it's the beginning of what ruby is and then you've got the individual pieces and so you connect to the oversoul but as you work with it you individualize that that consciousness that sentience that was innately there given by their god you know the oversoul of of uh, ruby but when you're dealing with shungite it's like each little individual piece already comes as an individual piece and yet totally linked to the mother load. Does that make sense, Derek? Oh, yeah, it does. And I can expand a little bit on that because um, I'll just always preempt by saying from my perspective. That way I'm not trying to tell everybody how everything is from at least my perspective. Um, and not just mine, of course, many others. We're, we're light entities. We're an it's a frequency down here. So in 3D, a frequency needs a, a form or a structure in 3D just to hold or, um, you know, maintain the energies. So there's even rock in Ireland um, and other, not just there, but other countries, other group, I'll just say groups of people to generalize more that communicate with rocks, with boulders. Um, in fact, they don't even move them. I think it's Ireland. They don't even move them when they're, building roads you're going around them you build around them you don't bring in a big crane and move it it's there for a reason and there are um many individuals that communicate through these boulders again think of it as an etheric um walkie-talkie or cell phone or something like that uh and yes there are entities that, that will pass through them because in the in the example of a large boulder let's say the size of a car um so when i say large i'm talking big and bigger that's a frequency device as well and it can actually be used as a portal because it can be hold different frequencies than the surrounding environment. So if 
a group or others decide to have a, a, a strong, I don't know, what would you call it, a hold here in 3D for different reasons. Maybe they just want to perceive us or interact with those that have reached a different understanding, a way of adjusting their physical antenna, their body, to reach higher frequencies. I'm being kind of specific there for a reason. Um, you can communicate with these beings. And the same thing with the crystal skulls. So a light entity seeing a, we'll just call it a, you know, a house, a, a consciousness construct, lots of ways of putting these things, totems, tulpas, um, a place to hold a portion of its energy. I do it too, remotely. So if I'm remote viewing or astral projecting, certain environments that we remote a portion of ourselves in can hold form easier. And often that's a high electron environment in the 3D, so around lakes, water, waterfalls, moving water, which generates electrons and orgone flow. So a consciousness can hold on to that. Um, and then on shungites, a similar way. So even if you make, you know, little animal totems we make out of carved shungite or S4 powder blend in resin, like the little um, shungite resin dogs, let's say. If you generate, and I'm going to be literal here and very specific, your imaginations, use your imagination and feelings those are the ingredients of this universe to manifest. And I'm saying it, imagination, that's real, and your feelings behind it. So imagination is the outline, the feelings are the fill, um, and then have that thought and um, manifestation process happen, and that's what's going to happen. So you can focus on shungite or these animal totems, just start talking to it. And then being a loving frequency, meaning choose your radio station, and if you're positive and loving, well, a similar like entity and energy can come in if you're open to it. And if you've, let's just say, worked on yourself enough, you can call it chakras, kundalini, um, yourself. Again, make yourself more aware so you can reach these higher frequencies. It's not crazy talk thinking that a little, and yes, it can even be dolls and, and rocks and crystal skulls. They'll communicate back. I've had trees do it. So there's really no limit. That's why I kind of zoom back and say consciousness construct because I don't want people limiting themselves thinking it has to be in the shape of a skull or this, that, or the other. No, there's there's many factors to this recipe, but it can definitely be done. Um, I do it almost on a daily basis. I have a crystal skull sitting about two feet from me right now um, that has an entity with it. It comes and goes. It's not like the entity is stuck in there like some genie in a bottle sort of thing. You got to let him out. No, it's just a foothold in this frequency. It's the same as me again remote viewing somewhere and i have a few friends peppered around the planet that i do this with well i'll pop in hang on to that frequency that let's just say um has some of my frequency with it so it's a a good landing spot or a waypoint for those who know those terms to focus in on and then kind of uh you know move a portion of yourself so it really all depends on your level of understanding on what what you how you see these type of things um i hope i, I probably confuse the heck out of a lot of people but I like to explain things, you know, as specific as I can so that I'm not just giving you a recipe. I'm giving you ingredients so you can expand your own understanding and do more, which tells you from all this. I just babbled. and I'll stop here in a moment. You can go pick up a piece of driftwood off of the beach and it's already been cleared of energies because it's in that environment and then start working on it, whittling on it, having thoughts and feelings. And then, you know, if you're led to such and um, you ask, well, you can have a, a consciousness talk to you. Sounds crazy, I know, but it's all frequency. Well, I'll give you even something crazier. I was with, actually, Lee Brown up in Georgia, and we were in this wooded area that had a stream. A stream was probably maybe 10, 12 
feet across. And it wasn't, it was flowing, it was, it was you know, cold. It was wintry type stuff, spring or whatever, whatever time it was. But there was this stick sticking up out of the stream. And I see it and I'm looking at it and I'm going like, that thing is really strange. And it seemed to have all these carvings on it or something, you know. And even though it was really cold, that was ice water, I decided I had to have that stick. And so I go over and I'm, I'm walking on these rocks that are slippery as crap with water coming up over them. And I get so that I can reach out, but I'm not close enough. And there's no way that I can get close enough to this stick. But the stick, I felt like the stick was drawing me to it, that it had something to tell me, something to share. And so I just put my hand out and I said, I can't go any further. If you want to be with me, you got to come to me. And that stick came out of the water and into my hands. And Lee Brown saw it happen. I saw it happen. And it is. It's an extraordinary... She was very jealous because I took it back to Miami. She kept telling me it should stay in Georgia. <laughs> but it is here in Miami. And it is just... You, you, you have this feeling that something, someone... This, 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 the branch itself it's got a magic to it, a life to it, a, a caring to it. It's very, very interesting. And that was the first time that I, it was, it was, it was like when I'm dealing with minerals or I've got them in front of me, I've got them in front of me, I'm dealing with them. But this was something else. It was like the branch itself was calling to me. And then it did this wild magical thing of coming right up out of the water it was very strange <laughs> but it works i mean that's imagination i just saw it coming out of the water and into my hand and i'm talking it had to travel a good i would say about a foot to do that so you know i mean there, there there's just you you're, let your imagination go you will not be crazy you won't go crazy you know, no matter what somebody says to you, you are exercised. They don't want you to know how powerful you are. And the only way you can know how powerful you are is to challenge yourself, asking yourself, how powerful can I be? Can I do this? Let's try it. I mean, Walt and I have been doing that for years, you know, saying the damnedest things. And then, you know, yes, we have had failures <laughs> on occasion. Most of the time we get it right. And you can get it right. You just have to practice. So I just wanted to share that stick story because I actually never had the opportunity, never got reminded of it. But that's uh, another example of just let your imagination go and see the magic that is you know, accessible to anybody that wants to delve into it. And you really don't need drugs. <laughs> All you need is imagination. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I have a... A little add-on to that that I can actually explain. It's funny you mentioned this stick because um, so my daughter and I were out hiking. So there's lots of things that can make those, um, in this case, the stick move. And we were out on a hike here in the Cascade Mountains. So just deep out in the forest, nobody. And let's just say we push out pretty far. Um, so we go way off the beaten path. Um, there's no other hikers out there or anything.
well, we're not even on a path usually. So we're out in the boonies um, and we're hiking around. And all of a sudden I start perceiving um, the Sasquatch people and they start communicating just little comments here and there. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm just, I'm out with my daughter. We're just having fun. So I'm not really, it's just all staying within my head. I'm not doing anything um, out loud because I'm just enjoying the moment. And I'm like, you know, chit-chatting, doing two things at once. And all of a sudden I perceive Two little Sasquatch, um, probably when I say little, I mean, oh, I don't know, four foot tall. So not real little, um, moving around and I was communicating with them. And then they kept saying, look, look, and it's still all in my head at this time, just not doing anything. Um, and then we're, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because all of a sudden behind me, I feel something scratching me, um, just, or, uh, scratching my back, like on the, just touching me, I should say. Um, so I turn around and all of a sudden, then I alert Olivia to it. I go here, and I saw the two little Sasquatch um, youngsters just kind of playing around. What they were doing, out of phase, I guess you can call it. So she didn't see them; she didn't perceive them in the 3D. Um, but I was watching them and chatting with them. They were grabbing uh, branches right in front of her. And I said, "Watch!" So I watched one walk up, and Olivia standing next to me again. What you would have seen as a bystander, just father and daughter standing in the middle of the forest, looking around. Dead calm day, by the way. It's not like there was gusts of wind or anything like that. I go, "Oh, watch!" So we stood there for a moment. And then they kind of a little slow rolled it slower than I wanted because I'm trying to show her something. And then all of a sudden they walk up and hit the branch uh, because that's how they were going with their shoulder. And in the 3D, the whole branch shook like a foot. And she was, you know, the whole moment of amazement, this, that, and the other. And it was, it's pretty amazing. So different things can do that. It can be sometimes the, the item itself, in this case, the branch or another entity helping us along and this is just one example i'm giving you i got comments. so you're, so you're you're suggesting that it could have been bigfoot out of face so i couldn't see him but he was the one that lifted it nope not in your case that was my case in your case um i remote okay so but it could have I, I mean i'm, I'm, ex I'm yes. it could have been that explanation Correct. And I'm trying not to dye myself out too much here, but what I'm trying to say is all something has to do is speak about a circumstance like this. And then I can, well, what we call remote it. I can see it. It comes back in. Um, that's, it was not a Sasquatch in your case. You had help though. There was a guy and yours was stuck down in the dirt a little bit or mud like thing. And they helped energetically pop it up into your hand. So no matter how you look at it, a quote magical moment of something else helping and that jumping in your hand, it straight up happened. And it's happened to me. I don't know how many times. Um, so it's it can happen to all of us. Well, it does. It's just up for us to perceive it is all. But no, yeah. Well, and to honest. acknowledge it. Correct. And then more will happen. And they thought it was funny. The little Sasquatch guys, oh, he can perceive us, blah, blah, blah. And then they'd run around and do more. So we gifted, oh, well, Shungite, we gifted apples. Of course, we come back down the trail. Well, that's all missing. And we have a little stick thing, um, a twig wrapped it i think this one was a triangle or something i don't remember because i've done it so many times we were gifted we were out there gifting um leaving goodies and then they'll re-gift and often it's a natural oh we've even been given nancy a beaded brace a man-made straight up human-made bracelet because i questioned them the sasquatch i'm like well how the heck did you do that evidently it was like lost by somebody else on the trail or something like that. this is a whole different time um day and time where we did this and we, we were gifted by the Sasquatch people. Um, I think it was an amethyst rock chip bracelet. Um, and now they're not out there whittling these bracelets together and putting a rubber cord through the thing, but other, some other human in that instance dropped it and they re-gifted it to um, Olivia, well, Olivia again on this one, on the trail as we walked by. So they'll do natural gifts. And what I was, what I 
kind of skirted over there was the first gift. They, it was a twig, and they folded it in on each other, like kind of wind it into different shapes. And I've had them different shapes given to us um, just as an ex- energy exchange. But if you hadn't been able to imagine it, you wouldn't have been able to. You, well, you perceive it. People perceive it. I, I watch this, you know. You see, you know, you got a group of people, they see an ET chip, you know, UFO. And they don't say anything to each other. You know, they'll just, like a whole car full of people, they'll see it, but they don't want to talk about it. Because if they don't talk about it, it won't be real and it spooks them out. And Jason, the guy with the Sasquatch stories, Mm -hmm. he said that when he and his, the guy that was with him saw the the whole, I mean, that show was amazing because Jason is amazing in how he, it was an incredible encounter with with a Sasquatch, which I said to him, well, what was, how did it change your belief system? And he said, well, five seconds before I was, uh, 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 what did he say? He was a... um, uh, evangelistic Christian. <laughs> Five seconds before he saw the show, the the uh, Sasquatch, and then after that, it was like, no, none of that made any sense anymore. You know, a drastic change. But he said that it was four years before he and the guy in the car ever had a conversation about what they'd seen. <laughs> yeah, and that I took my dad. Well, he's, so I'll just be big with him too. It took my dad nearly so over two years to mention. He didn't even have a word for it, uh, Sasquatch or Bigfoot. He just had no comprehension. I won't go through the whole story, but it has 40-something acres in Northern California, uh, Fort Jones, for those that want to kind of pinpoint the area. Um, and it's just forest land. He walked out, walked up on an eight- to nine-foot Sasquatch, um, had no idea what it was, just a big, hairy guy standing there, and, and you know, it ran off. Not a real exciting story as far as they go, but interesting. Um, and didn't even tell his woohoo son me about it for, like I said, a couple of years. And then I start talking to him about it. I'm like, Dad, Bigfoot. He goes, he, you know, he's, he's talking about, why are you talking about Bigfoot? And the whole deal there. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, and he's, he was 79 years old, I want to say, when he had the experience. So, um, yeah, it was just out of his realm of reality. Not anymore. God, God bless your father. <laughs> you know? yeah. And you wonder how many other people have had these experiences and then they don't even talk about it. And they don't even think about it unless something comes up like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, oh, yeah, that I remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's funny is, too, this – so we're not talking about um, just a, a – I don't know how to put this. So I can talk about his past. Time. He's well-retired and well out of it. And so he's an ex-spy. He's ex-NSA, and I won't get into any specifics, so there's nothing to worry about here. But let's just say – he wasn't a Kirby vacuum salesman, so he's had some experiences for many years. It kind of runs in the Condit family, I can say. Um, so it's not like, and I'm only bringing that up because, again, it's not like he hasn't been there, done this, and he still had no comprehension of these eight to, well, believe it or not, 25-foot-plus hairy individuals that are running around our forest, Sasquatch people. Um, so it's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, on our limited experiences on this reality, how how we can go through and not know it. I mean, I didn't know until my late forties and I'm what I'm 50 right now. Um, the tree and I knew all about the energy, the woohoo stuff, but just didn't open up to it. And all of a sudden the, and this goes back a couple years, Nancy, um, the redwood forest, the redwood trees of Northern California, when we gifted cosmic silver shungite, and we did a show on this, 
it blew my mind away. They started talking, sending energy. I started tearing up and crying. I'm not just a, a guy that walks around doing that for people that know me. Um, but yeah, even the trees do it. So it's a, it's a very interesting world out there if you open up to it. I've told this story many times, but it's such a great story. When um, when Andrew Hurricane Andrew hit the this area, it it devastated a huge huge amount of trees, and I was feeling very very bad about how many trees were destroyed, and I was out hugging the mango tree that anybody that's been on the property thinks that the diva of the property is within that tree and uh but you know i don't i wasn't at that time i wasn't really you know aware of all that magic you know but i was around people that did but anyway so i'm hugging the tree and i'm lamenting the fact that all these other trees have been killed and she didn't look good she was beat up bad you know and um so I start to walk away, and I was probably 10 feet away, maybe 12, when I hear a statement all of a sudden, you know, just, I, it wasn't just a, a thing that came into my head, like from a guide. It was like I was hearing her. And she, she explained, she said, don't worry about it, because the trees that lost their 3D bodies are in the trees that are standing, and they will be stronger. Now, I wouldn't have thought that. That's not something, I mean, I was all, oh, they're gone. Blah, blah. You know, I would have been that way. I wouldn't have gone there in, in a conscious way. But all of a sudden, you know, I'm like hearing her. But I'm so far away from her. And I, I realized that to listen to a tree, you ask a question. And for whatever reason, it takes a while before you get an answer from a tree. But it will answer. But you don't stay there long enough to hear it. <laughs> so now when I ask the tree a question, I wait. And over the years, we've both gotten, you know, faster. You know, she she just, uh, it, it's, you know, and tree, tree huggers, tree huggers have the secret, boys and girls. <laughs> they know what it means to hug a tree. So, interesting stories. But let your imaginations go. You'll make your life much deeper and richer and funner. A lot more funner. Because we have fun, don't we, Derek? Are you there? Absolutely on every day because it gets more and more interesting and creative. Again, just that. And when we when we say, everybody, imagination, that's not a using a word for a different word. We're saying use your imagination and, if, you know, Physicists will tell you, too, 90% plus of this universe is a combination of your imagination and feelings. Well, aren't those the two things we're taught to turn off, ignore, and not acknowledge and not use? Oh, hell no. Use those things. Get creative. Have fun. Experience your reality, and it'll get a lot more exciting. I mean, your imagination is real, and everybody on this show knows that you wouldn't be here anyway. So let's help each other and those around us understand that. And then we all benefit. And then we all realize we don't have to just all cut the, the pie into smaller pieces and share. We all become chefs and make our own pies, as I like to say. And then we all benefit. So, yeah, have fun. Well, and they should also talk to themselves. 
I think that this was this was one of the key to trying to keep people from. Okay, it goes back to the rules of cosmic reality. Cosmic reality one: reality is what you think it is. Two: majority wins. In other words, if I'm the only person thinking of a given reality. Well, it's not likely that's going to be a big manifester in the 3D world, except for my reality, me. So if other people say, hey, that looks really like a good thing to do here, you know, and they get on, it gets stronger and stronger until you've got a situation where an entirely different reality is emerging from myself and all of the people who listen to this station and people that have never listened to this station doing the same thing. There's got to be a better way and imagining a better way. Whether they're doing it, understanding that by even thinking about it, you are in fact changing reality. So that comes down to the hundredth monkey concept. When you've got more people believing in a given reality than the other people, well, boom, all of a sudden the new reality is there. Because the energy that was going into keeping the old reality going is no longer there. We've all focusing on a new thing. It has nothing to, to live on. Energy. It's all energy. So one of the things they did to prevent us from knowing rule one and two, because if anybody is in charge of a given reality, they keep everybody else from knowing rule one and two. That's cosmic rule three. And that, that what they did was they told us that if we talk to ourselves, we're crazy. Don't talk to yourself. Don't mumble. Now, people think you're crazy. No and invisible friends. Or you're invisible friends. Oh, my God, you're crazy. Don't talk about it. You know? And that, that, that when you don't, when you, uh, hey, if, if you don't want to talk to yourself, why the heck do you think anybody else would? Talk to yourself. Find out who you are. You know, and, and, and yes, it sounds a little schizophrenic, and in fact, it is sort of schizophrenic in that your higher level consciousness is working with your lower level mind, okay? Your mind creates great thought, but if that thought doesn't create an aha moment in you as a being, that thought is a thought that could get erased. If it's an aha moment, then it becomes part of your conscious understanding of reality. And so the more you talk to yourself, the more you're going to find out what you really like, what you really want to do, how you really feel, and it's going to surprise you. It's going to surprise you because it surprised me. When I, when I went through all of this, you know, talk to yourself, get yourself, and I was a freshman in college, and it came about because I... I actually had a mental breakdown because the reality that was being presented by the university was not the reality of my hometown at all. And it was stark like a boom hitting this wall. And I suspect it happens to most everybody that, you know, changes their, their, where they were to someplace else. In my case, because I'm so mental, I actually started to, you know, glitch, glitch, and finally, I couldn't get out of bed one day. Couldn't get, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And then it took me three days before I could actually get out of bed. But then I couldn't. Couldn't figure out what do I wear. Every every decision became this monumental thing in my head. And finally, I just sat myself down and I started talking to myself. You know what the hell is going on? Why is this happening? You know, and just talking to myself. And I came out of that after you know four or five days of being in this incredible funk. Um, knowing that I was my own best friend. 
I was the only person that was going to know every single thought, every single feeling, every single fear, every single want. It was myself. So from then on, I just considered myself my very best friend. And um, because I believed that and could work with it, if I had a situation where all of a sudden I'm stopping, I'm going like, what do we do here? I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. Well, what if we do this? Well, that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, okay, let's go. You know, and if you do that, you're going to open up your... You begin to give yourself permission to remember. To remember, because this alter ego of you is probably your higher self. And you're just giving yourself a storyline and permission to communicate with your higher self. But they don't want you to know that, so they tell you, don't talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Use your imagination. See how powerful we really are. Mark, you got anything to say on that subject? Well, it just goes back to what Derek was talking about with imagination and how the world can be a lot more um, lit up and, and uh, alive just by engaging and then... Yeah, going back to the quantum touch and, and consciousness extended. So, um, no, no, I, I'm, I'm vibing all the way with that. Are you seeing more people getting to that level, Derek? Because you're out there, well, both of you are. I don't talk to anybody. I just talk. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I can tell you quickly on that, um, that what people, um, so I, I, I do, for those that don't know, I do what's called, what I call sessions, lots of things. Um, and yes, I do perceive um, your your guides and entities on different levels. But so what I'm getting at is, yes, I have people come into my office and I can see who's, um, and usually they're above them for some reason, they're, they're guides and whatnot. And then they start to tell me things like, well, I'm hearing voices and I've been diagnosed with schizophrenia or this, that, and the other. I'm like, what do you, it, no. Your levels of perception are expanding into, well, let's just tie it into a cosmic reality. So you're perceiving more. That doesn't mean you're crazy. I mean, really? That's like somebody having a refined sense of smell and taste and eating a food or becoming a wine taster and talking about all these subtle, intricate flavors and hues in the wine, let's say. And everybody else going, well, I just taste mad dog wine. Well, it's your level of perception. Hone it. Focus it. And it's not just limited to what we call chakras here in the 3D, um, because, of course, 3D, they say you're perceived reality through your five senses, taste, touch, sight, smell. Well, have fun. Limit yourself to that, and you're going to have a limited reality. Open up to those subtle energies, those wishes, the intuitive impulses you get. You're empathic, what I call your BS chakra, your sacral chakra, lighting off, saying, oh, something's wrong here. You can call it spider senses, whatever. You're getting these levels of perception. Now it's up to each of us individually to focus on them if it's something you want to do. So yeah, these people come to my office, they're expanding like you were asking, but they're expanding themselves into this limited reality. So they're being told they're crazy. You need these head meds because you're experiencing more. We want you to be dumbed down. I'm like, oh, it's just mind-blowing to me when they're straight up, a, what I'll just term a spirit guide above them, saying, yeah, I'm chit-chatting with them. I'm passing them messages. We're talking, but they're being told we're crazy. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. How do you, you know, how do you deal with something like that? But, you know, luckily they 
kind of stumbled into the deep end of the pool here, as we call it in my office, so I get to help them out, but that's not everybody. But for those that don't get to maybe get in front of another woohoo so that you know you're not the only one and that you're not crazy, so somebody with expanded um, perceptions, and we can all do this, by the way. It's not something you have to be born into. It's not a, a certain blood type or a certain meditation or anything like that. It's an expanded understanding to where your reality will expand. It's thoughts and feelings. So, yeah, I see a lot of that, Nancy, coming in now with the, um, and this will be for the next hour's topic, but the uh, Mark and I chatted quickly about additional frequencies and or energies in the environment, and that's all part of it. But, yeah, everybody's changing. I would suggest you change into more and not limit yourself. Yeah, it may just be that all of this shut down and I mean, is it the, the world has changed and it will never be the world it was. But out of it, we are seeing some rather drastic and fast awakening. Um, I mean, I've been at this for a very long time and how many people are just getting it? I think I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. My next-door neighbor, she's in her, like, probably in her 30s, mid-30s. She was with her friend, and we were talking by the fence. I don't see them, but very, very, it's about the third time I've ever had a conversation with her. And she said, I know everybody thinks that this is a terrible time we're in, but that's not true, is it? We're in a really good time, aren't we? You know, and I'm like, Wow. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, kind of like lead the conversation that way. She just all of a sudden said that. And I thought, yeah, this is what's happening is that, you know, as they say, you know, sometimes things have to get really bad before you start to tap into your own capabilities and um, maybe shutting down the noise because, yeah, there's a lot of noise out there, but the noise that we were accustomed to in the old world, you know, it's different or it's gone. So it's just a magical time we're in. And it all started on the 21st of February when a blue light exploded over the Shungite bed in Russia. The Hopi traditional prophecy that the blue, the blue star Kachina you know, would fall from the heavens and mark the end of the fourth world and the beginning of the fifth world. So it's up to us to create the fifth world and I suggest we use our imagination to do it. Because it's the only way you can do it. Okay, so we're at the top of the hour here and I'm going to play Craig Stewart's uh, I call it Shungite. He, he entitled it We the People. It's three minutes and twenty seconds.
And welcome back to the Shungite Reality Show. It's February 23rd, 2021. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Derek Condon and Mark Joseph. So you guys had something you were uh, talked about talking about? Are you back? Yeah. Um, look at my notes here. I was listening to this guy who specializes on uh, nano and, and uh, um, how to combat it, nanotech. <clears throat> it was had an interview from last month, uh, Tony Pantelaresco, and then I didn't know. Well, I've been listening to him for a while, but in the interview, he was talking about how um, Norway, Denmark, and Japan has 7G. Uh, China and UK have 6G. And, like, um, and seeing how uh, uh, um, Derek... Um, is around Seattle a lot, you know, he runs into 5G, like, what would you uh, recommend people do to, um, um, you know, safeguard against that or regenerate the body? Considering that the audience is pretty worldwide. Um, yeah, just was thinking on that. Is Derek back? Is he muted? Oh, he's opened the store probably, right? Probably. I'm looking at the time here, and I'm thinking he's probably opening the show. <laughs> opening okay, the show. I'll just wait till he can, he can message. Right. But, but I mean, you're, I saying, the... you're saying they're actually talking about 6 and 7G? Yeah, I mentioned last year on the show that um, Tony does like a, a, a podcast every other day on uh, Podbean, and he showed this video of India having 7G. And that and that commercial, the YouTube was from two years ago, three years ago. Okay, so, so it's a, it's just a commercial of them promoting something called Seven G. 
I mean, as far as I know, I'd have to talk to Mark Steele. But as far as I know, as a matter of fact, I have to talk to Mark Steele. <clears throat> I they I know that 6G is not like 5G. 6G is probably really safe, techno- technologically-wise, because it's going into a totally different system. I have no idea what 7G is. So my suspicion right off the bat would be, because this happened with 5G, when um, they started talking about five, the fifth and they were trying to make everybody think the fifth generation, and it was an improvement on the fourth G. When they were talking about 5G, it was talking about the technology. And then AT&T said, we've got 5G, and it wasn't 5G based on the technology. They just claimed that they had 5G, and it was essentially putting more 4G capability in their system. So my suspicion is is that I, I don't think that that would be... What we know now, 5G, you know, no, I don't think it's a change of, of technology. I think it's the way they're advertising it. Because certainly if they had it back then, 7th G back two years ago? I mean, come on, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but we, you guys have always talked about um, technology and then Black Ops Secret Space Program where they have so many years and decades ahead of what they, they talk about publicly. And so Tony's version of 6G is terahertz frequency where, you know, for 5G, you have to cut down the trees. With 6G, you don't. And then he was talking about how um, when 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 the the virus, the bug hit big time back in March and April or the, those some of those um, uh, Chinese uh, video footage, that these people were being taken down by by six gigahertz, uh, 6G frequencies because 5G, you know, it, it can't go that far. So. That was his conclusion, but um, at, at any rate, uh, he he was mentioning that protection against uh, 6G, you use brass. And um, Alana Freeland, <clears throat> who also um, um, talks a lot about Tony in terms of the uh, nano, nanotech, um, uh, was it um, Egyptians would use, would wear brass. And uh, I got to find that. Well, she has a group on Facebook and talks about um, uh, the different kind of almost like armor uh, they would wear back then in ancient Egypt. It's like, oh, they were blocking EMFs back back then too. So, um, yeah, I mean, part of my concern is because of where I live in the, um, in the West Coast and, like, there's for sure underground bases here and, and with the defense contractors, they got more than 5G here. So if it's not 6G, 7G, it's something equivalent or more. So I'm just looking to... You know, like, what else can I do kind of thing? And I am back. I just want to let you guys know. I had to open this door, of course. Okay, so he, what do you know about the potentiality that 6 and 7G has already been deployed? And do you have any idea what it means, what it is? Um, well, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to get stuck on their – I know we're using that just for uh, for acknowledging these different frequencies. They're way, they're, there's a whole other spectrum they've got out there. Um so I guess we can call it 6G, 7G, and, and that's probably what they're going to term it, of course, here, just to give it a uh, in the Asian. But it's already out there. There's already additional frequencies, and they're in – how do I tell you this? So when I perceive my environment, I can see it in – think like striations on a record, layers or frequencies, and then I can change it depending on what I need to know about it or, or glean from it. So there's um, – 
wow, I don't even have the term. There's additional frequencies in between the others now. And yes, you can go by numbers, say 2.1, 2.0, things like that. But I'm staying out of that number aspect of it because it's different. It's It goes in depth somehow, um, the frequency, rather than just higher or lower. So I'd have to say it's like quantum frequencies they're in now. We'd have to get a really big-brained guy to explain it here in the 3D, probably a physicist. But there's quantum frequencies now, um, so it's more. They're, it's, they're not just throwing in an ingredient. They've got a whole recipe now, and they're just talking about the ingredients. So long story short, yes, there's more out there. Shungite was brought in for us to help ourselves because these frequencies um, were planned or known that they're going to be in our environment. So tools like Shungite. Shungite's an ingredient or one tool for us to help ourselves, but really everything we need is already inside of us. Just a little add on to that. Um, but yeah, there are more frequencies. They're more harmful uh, from, okay, from my perspective, they're more harmful because when I try and remote through them, I get a straight up static and a, um, a physical pain. So it's like there's an etheric barrier they're trying to put around at least us woohoos. I can't imagine it's just us. I think we're just the first ones. When I say woohoo, you know, whatever you want to call us, intuitives, astral protectors, all us um, that are perceiving. We're all perceiving more, but we're acknowledging, let's say that. Um, but we're, we're more restrictions, barriers. Um, as far as I see it, I just see that as a new lesson to be learned. And I'll figure out a way over it, through it, around it. And I've been doing that um, probably, yes, again, for another show, as I like to say. But think quantum 369 sphere. Not 360, 369, there's something to that. So a quantum 369 sphere, if you work that into your understanding, um, you'll have uh, an easier way of moving around in this reality um, and not having to deal so much with these additional frequencies, which is what I do. I just, I don't allow it to affect me. I don't care if it's 5G, 6G, 7G, any of that. I perceive them. I refuse to let them be part of my reality so they're not disruptive anymore, but I can still see them. So it's like, having a plate of food in front of me, seeing the peppers or the hot sauce, but choosing not to put them on there and not, you know, thinking they're on there just because they're in the environment. They're not. So it's a really level of a, an understanding thing. Um, I know it's hard to, to describe this, but um, yeah, definitely out there. Come right yeah. with the part, but, okay. Uh, my, my understanding of 6G is that it is a quantum s situation. They, that's why you're feeling, you know, that it's going deeper instead of up or down. It is, you know, it's the quantum. It's you're, you're accessing the quantum, um, which would be difficult for even a woohoo, very experienced and very knowledgeable woohoo, to take that. That it's like jumping into a wormhole. You know, so I would think that my guides would keep me from doing that because it would be just, you know, you'd have to be like super duper godlike creature. And that probably requires death in the 3D. <laughs> but um, as you were talking about, because, I, yes, I was aware that that was on the, the chopping block. And Mark is correct. If, it's, if we're aware of it, then it's already there. I just didn't think that they would, why are they putting it out there? When you're dealing with these or you're seeing these things, okay, are you perceiving them as being... Okay, they're man-made right now, but are you perceiving their purpose as being as destructive and as controlling as the 5G is, or do you see a different, let's say, purpose or source of that 
technology? Um, be because in your question, I was kind of limited to purpose, source, and use. Yes, it is harmful, non-biocompatible from this level of understanding, but it's, again, just something in your environment um, that you can adjust to, but you need to be aware of it, and then you can modify. So, yes, it is harmful. It's more of a a way of them to have more effect on the multiple levels of our environment. And so the frequencies are coming not just from the ground, from some antenna. What they're doing is they're using the environment, the atmosphere, the earth, yep, the substrate beneath us, and then everything in the middle between satellites, um, power lines, or antennas as well. People haven't, I don't know how many people thought about that, but the actual high-tension power lines, they're straight up an antenna that's being strung everywhere, and we all think it's just moving electrons to, to run our widgets at home. No, they're laid out in a grid in a certain way, and then by turning on the satellites, stuff under the ground, I usually, don't usually like to get in all this, um, the environment between the two, Earth and above, the all levels of perception is what they're trying to mess with. That's that three, six, nine quantum sphere. Um, so working on the dimensional or multiple frequency level. And it notes it's them getting control. It's not like, oh, we're trying to turn on the button and fumigate and kill everybody. No, that's just a from their perception, a positive byproduct of some of it. Um, it's not like they're trying to kill everybody. Yes, but they're, they're not shy about that being um, one of the symptoms of this new frequency they're bringing in and they're definitely not concerned about that but it's more about a control and again giving giving these foolish kids everything and anything they want without instructing them it's the, the ones doing it technically don't even know what the heck they're doing anyway they're just pushing their understanding and techie logic and experience to the extreme and some of the invisible players behind the scenes they were never going to know the name of that are kind of really driving the force well, knowing that they're not in the kitchen and all you can point your finger at is the chef saying he's making the bad food doesn't get you anywhere. So work on yourself. That way you can expand your perception and realize in this weird analogy of a kitchen what's good for you and what's not. And that you can affect yourself, meaning not just go up to the buffet, take everything you can. You can limit. It's just an understanding like you had mentioned earlier, Nancy, about the um, I forget how you worded it, but just that, as you expand your understanding, um, your reality can change and goes along with it. So you don't have to be bothered by these things. Um, but there's always, you know, to get you there, we need tools like Shungite. Even I started with Shungite. I was getting the whole tinnitus-like symptoms, the ringing in the ears, the frequencies, the, like, it felt like ice pick jabs in the brain, all types of things um, when I was picking up additional frequencies in the environment until I realized, well, wait a minute. Everything's consciousness. Everything's a thought energy. Why not take charge of it and control it? And then that's kind of how I got my start in the frequency level. Um, but yeah, there are. So back to what your question was. Yes, I think they're harmful um, initially, but I'm looking, choosing to look at it as a, uh, a lesson. And if we didn't have the lesson, we wouldn't, you know, in front of us, we, we wouldn't learn. I'm looking at it as a mistake. Because as I look at it, you know, and I, I was I was pretty pretty sure when I first started looking at the C, at the sixth uh, generation concept that they're doing they're doing let's say one side is doing it for one purpose, but the reality is is that they have given us the openings to quantum field that is only going to be beneficial to us because we know Shanghai. 
Okay? What's the first thing Shungite taught us? It will not do evil. It will not turn on. It will not show its magic. Unless you've got a certain frequency in your heart that says, yeah, this person is safe. On she comes. So, Shungite has... The reason it's so magical is its connections to the quantum field through the C60s. And why is 369 so important? Well, you... Mark will give you pointers on where you can find all this information. It comes from Tesla. Tesla said, you know, 369's critical relationship that if you can figure it out, you'll figure out how everything else works. Well, I honestly have not exactly figured out why it works, but I have seen it work. 369 combinations. So, what we need to understand is that every time the dark side puts up something that looks like it's harmful and, and you know it's going to do this bad stuff to us we have the ability to turn it around to use it for good anything they do just you know no that's not going to work but we could use that energy you just put out there and we could you know modify it until it's something that's beneficial to humanity and i really think that we have to begin to think in terms of you know, the bigger scope of things, yes, I could say to you, the most important thing is yourself. Get yourself balanced. But once you're in that balanced thing, start to really use your imagination. Everything that they put out there, we can overcome. It's just a matter of understanding we can overcome it. And the other thing is, is that, as as Mark and, and Walt were talking about um, on this show last week, and then again on the Cosmic Reality Show, Energy knows much more than we could even begin to perceive on the 3D. So they were talking in terms of healing energy and just focus. Use your focus. One of the most critical tools that most people don't even think about is the ability to focus. Focus so that nothing else is in your mind, perception, except the focus of what you're looking at. And that that comes with experience in doing it enough times. But the key to being able to control energy, which is also defined as magic, is the focus, being able to focus on it. So if you can focus on a problem, in, like a tennis elbow, you all you have to do is focus on it and become evoke in your own body the, the love frequency because it's so powerful and because it's so knowing. And... You know, just you just focus on that that shoulder that's giving you trouble. Let that love energy erupt from your heart, and boom! You don't have to you don't have to know how it happened. It just happens. You know, you don't have to go through the learning and the ceremony and I'm pulling in energy and you ne- it never it's never energy. Come it, the only energy you're producing is your own love energy. That love energy knows enough about what you need it to do. And we've got to begin to really embrace that ultimate power that we have. And we've got to start exercising it. Derek does it all the time. With every person that he has a, a meeting with, you know, even, even if it's scheduled or not scheduled. And... Most people are starting to get that way. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to try to engage their 3D minds. 
You don't have to engage your 3D mind in trying to figure out how to save the world. God knows. God being a source of everything. And you are part and parcel of that God force. And the connecting link between each one of us and source is the love frequency. At least that's the way I look at it. What say you, Derek? No, no, I like the, the, the description there. And of course, you know, we all slightly have different perspectives on everything. Um, and I like how you talked about love and the God force. Basically, from my perspective, it's going to sound corny, but there is only love, period. And then we do what we want from that. And then we can work from there. And we call it orgone, different things. But yeah, so basically just what you said. There is only love energy. Um, and then we determine as consciousness individuals what to do with that energy or force and how to use it kind of thing. It can be used positive, negative. Plus, remember, positive and negative is all perception. Positive to one is negative to another. Negative to one, and, you know, it's like some people like spice, some don't. Um, so by expanding our understandings, we realize there is no positive and negative. There's just different or other. Um, but, yeah, no, just do that. And like you mentioned, people coming into my office here, some of them are aware of um, – other things but it's a limited awareness but that doesn't limit what happens in, and we'll just use my office it's not the only one that this happens but where things happen more happens because i'm aware of it so bringing in other frequencies um and because they're brought in often so it's like stretching a muscle it's an etheric muscle if you want to be a runner don't just jump out of the lazy boy recliner and start sprinting you're probably going to fall you're probably going to trip and have a hurt leg and a sprained muscle practice and even energetically just do your woohoo work. Um, have those thoughts, feelings, energies. And then once you're adept at it and um, that energy has been used more and more often, you know, think you've stretched your legs. Well, now get up and run. But don't expect to sprint and hurdle right away. Be willing to trip, to fall. Um, you know, again, start jogging and then running. But keep expanding, looking into more, and then your reality will expand. And that's, again, what brings us back to the office here. So, because I am aware of more of a reality when somebody enters my frequency or in this space here I'm sitting, um, they're in that reality. And let's just say I'm pushing a lot of frequencies. So all of a sudden they're going to have those what I jokingly call woohoo moments. They're going to hear their guides. They're going to see them sometimes. It just depends. And they'll even have healings of themselves, meaning they'll heal themselves. It's all frequency. So we can all do these things. Um, it's, you know, it's like going to a pantry and limiting yourself to – flour, sugar, baking soda, and water, and I think that's how you make dough or bread. But And then you can have white bread. My, throw some raisins in there. Throw something else in there. Make a different kind of bread. Keep expanding is what I'm getting at here. Um, listen to recipes for understandings, but always you know, customize it. Make it your own. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, I was saying I like that expansion angle because we're always talking about a higher self as if there's like a you know like like this up and down good and bad but it's more about expanding out rather than you know lowering we're in the lower level here and then there's a higher self uh, i much prefer the inner self and the evolution involution um yeah so more of that 4d uh, uh, above 3d uh, view of instead of being dualistic 
Yeah, often people think we we live as an entity. Because remember, we're um, a light or um, a light entity. We'll just put it that way first. We don't exist or live in that cholesterol sack we call a brain. No, we have a toroidal field, a donut shape of energy, many unperceived by medical science. Some know physicists know about it because they measure them, but there are additional toroidal energy fields around our physical heart. And then on the 3D, we call them nerve centers and heart chakra, but we exist as an entity in our heart. So everything we have, need and want is already in us, period. Not from the outside. People are often taught to protect yourself etherically and see some white light coming over you and things like that. And when I see people walk into mystical wares that have etherically protected themselves, I kind of shiver. I'm like, oh, no, no, you know, let me give you an add on to that. Because when you're think just pulling that blanket or energy cover around you, or if you're, um, oh, let's say a fisherman, they call it cast netting, you're throwing that energy around, you're catching stuff. There's stuff on your energy. And I'm saying stuff because it can be all levels of perception and reality. So to avoid that, I would change your word protection because that's a term of weakness and our feelings matter in this universe to armor. So I never protect myself etherically. That's a weakness or something bad to get me. Now, what I do do is I etherically armor myself. Now I think, whoa, wait, that's a feeling of strength of, you know, think Iron Man, Wonder Woman, you're a badass, stuff like that. Your feelings matter. And your armor is already in your heart expanding out. Think firewall or virus scanners, your heart chakra, what you need is already in there and good for you. So, and I also term it kind of like those Russian nesting dolls. So little wooden dolls, if you know what I'm talking about, with a bunch, they get smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, just can picture yourself that way. And as you expand and armor yourself, another you, it's already in you, expanding out. And as it's expanding, you're removing excess and overage. Now, I'm being very careful there. I didn't say what excess and overage was. So if you're using your imagination and feelings, imagining a little you in your heart already just kind of growing into that one, expanding, like I was saying, and as it's doing that, it's sloughing off, again, whatever is excess and overage for you, and that's frequencies, attachments, implants, overages, lots of ways of perceiving these things, but that's one way of doing it, so I just wanted to elaborate on that a little bit. Um, again, like Mark was saying, too, so it's best Probably not, just a suggestion not to bring from outside in, but that's why I like the term, we're all techie here. So the firewall or virus scan is your heart chakra. Already have it for you in your frequency. Um, you don't need it from anywhere else. Um, you're expanding into larger understandings. You're not downloading them. Nobody needs upgrades. I kind of cringe. I know we need to use these terms in the 3D just to get understandings across, but really, like, like Mark was alluding to, it's already in you. So you're kind of becoming more of what you already are. You're just realizing it. And then, believe it or not, just having that thought alone will help you expand and become more. And I'm not exaggerating or kidding. Those thoughts, those like Nancy mentioned, those aha moments, the epiphanies, that's when you're taking big sections of this puzzle of this reality you're putting together and they're connecting. You're getting that bigger perspective. Um, so I would suggest you keep doing that. All of us keep doing that. And then share your puzzle pieces, your findings with others because we're not crazy. We're becoming more. And I know. Go ahead, Evan. Yeah. Um, considering that we we played uh, uh, Barbara and Craig's song too, last year's uh, archive is is good for um, you know reconnecting with with Earth, the universe, one's core, uh, um, heart. Um, w when we had Barbara on for a bunch of months, 
in terms of the Shungite updates and Shungite um, you call it, conversations that are still applicable, maybe even more so uh, this year. So people can access those and, um, you know, get get those, uh, what do you call it, Shungite revelations um, for free. So, um, and then I don't know if uh, Nancy can go into something similar, which is the Anastasia uh, books, because it also has that New Earth um, perspective also of how to, you know, get back to nature, grounding, like what Sam is saying in the in the chat room. Um, you know, I know you guys had, you and Walt had uh, covered a series of that in Cosmic Reality of, of her various books, but it's also a good, you know, once people have their Shungite and, and can expand their uh, clarity and direction, um, the Anastasia books are good to, um, you know, uh, give people uh, something to move towards. And you guys had, had given cliff notes and uh, uh, good highlights of that and that are still on YouTube, too. So I don't know if you can um, refresh us on that, Nancy. Well, if you go to the YouTube Cosmic Reality Station that Mark says is still up, even though I can't access it, and you go to the playlist, you can click on a, you know, it says playlist, look for the Ringing Cedars of Russia, Anastasia, and it'll pull up the entire series that we discussed, the books, and there's eight books in it. The, I recommend that you just, you know, if you go to the first one, because it's the overview of the first book that made such a impact, not not only throughout the world, but in Russia, incredible amount of impact in it. And it essentially is a story by Victor Mayers, I think it is. And he's talking about this woman, Anastasia, that he meets in the Tunderland of uh, Siberia. And she, I mean, it, this the story sounds preposterous it sounds like what do you mean the child was brought up by bears and by squirrels i mean what are you talking about so it, it's if you think of it as just a story you know and start to get into it but what grew out of this story was um a whole way of looking at especially children now, Victor and Anastasia had a child, so they did get into that. But this is over many, many years, and like I say, he wrote eight books about this. But the teachings and what he learned from her, and he was able to bring back to the Russian people, was picked up by a number of different people, and one group created a school. And in the school, the teachers were in the role of somebody who you could go to for information, but not somebody that was telling you how to do something. Now, they would put up, like, goals, like what to do. And the most astounding, this is all, you can see this, it's on the Internet. One of the things that they did was they uh, told the kids, and the kids ranged. It wasn't a big, big lot of people in a lot of kids in school but they ranged uh from you know being what would be considered elementary up to you know high school but they and i don't i don't know that much about it i saw an overview of it so i'm not you know an expert in this in, in any way except that i have read the books and what they 
realized is that children are unlimited. The limitations that happen with a child comes from their society and when they're told, no, you can't do that. So the philosophy was basically give them a project and get out of the way. So they made, they built, I mean, I'm talking like they built this building where they had to learn how to be masonaries, how to use electricity, how to wire it, um, what's plumbing, how does that work? And they built just a phenomenal building. The kids did. Yes, they used the teachers to, to help them, you know, but it wasn't show me how to do it. It was like, how would we get from here to there? And um, the teachers would basically say, well, how do you suppose you would? And forcing the child to confront his own creativity, his imagination. Well, let's, what if we did this? Uh, massively, massively uh, successful as to you know, what they were seeing. And I haven't looked at it in a few years as to where that school went. But, you know, it's a different world now. So, um, did that answer your question, Mark? Or was there something in specifics that I missed you wanted answered? No, that was pretty solid in terms of just giving a general overview and, and um, something worth checking out, especially transitioning from the old world to the new world. So, um, I don't know if Derek has anything to add to that, but no, that's great. It's still up, and then people people can go access it whenever they want. Well, let, let me tell you one thing that really was impressive about the – she said a lot of impressive things. But one of them was that Earth had gone through this cycle of darkness and then coming out of the darkness into the light. And time after time, they'd get to the same point, and it, the, instead of making a leap in consciousness, they would go around again. And you go from the light to the black to the black to the light, and now we're back here again. And she said that something changed in 2000. But she didn't say what, and he didn't ask her. Or if he asked her, they didn't tell us. But something changed. We didn't make the circle. We didn't go back. We're going forward. So that in and of itself is like, well, that's really kind of good to hear. (laughs) It's like, at least we're not going to go around again in that circle. So, yeah. Very, very... I had heard about it for a decade. And I just wasn't drawn to it. And I don't even remember what ended up drawing me to it, but it did big time because I ended up reading all eight books and, you know, making Walt read them. It was interesting. If you do go to the, uh, and listen to these, I'll tell you that even though we were reading the same book, he was seeing things that I don't even remember being in the book and I was seeing things that he didn't remember being in the book. It was like we had two different you know, memories of what was important to us as we read the book. It was really a very good presentation, I thought, of, um, because I, I, the whole, the whole, there's a couple of books, and we openly admit that there's a couple of books there that Victor was not on track, you know, but the, the first book in particular, absolutely, you know, this was Anastasia, get her, her, the feelings from her. Uh, the connection you have to her, uh, and that's what's important. So, it is. It's another. It's another view of life. 
in my own mind, I, I kind of came to the conclusion that she was a 3D physical representation of Gaia. You know, that that's that's how I felt about her when I got into her into her history, her story, and the things that she did. And 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 telling people that this is what you're capable of is like an example of what we're really capable of doing. Of course, you can also look at Jesus Christ and some of the other prophets and healers to get the same feeling. I just shared. Um a link to a YouTube video on the book one. There are other books for those that are watching in chat here. Um, maybe we'll get in show notes later if Nancy has a chance. Um, but there is YouTube links to the Anastasia um, uh, book, Ringing Caesars series on YouTube. And I put the first one in there. It'll link to the others as well. Is that the one between me and my, me and Walt? No, this is actually a reading of the book. Oh, itself. a reading of the book. Wow. Yeah. I found some links to that and different. There's other books in there. I have all nine, and I think there's. Correct me if I'm wrong, but eight point five or eight point two. Yeah, something. it was weird. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I've got all those as well. <laughs> I we never could figure out exactly why that was, but yeah, they didn't have a. It wasn't like it wasn't like they had a nine. It was an eight point five, and then an eight. It was crazy. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was strange. So that's actually the readings of. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not sitting here listening, but it sure looks. Yeah, it is because it's uh, portions of it. So yeah, I mean, everybody do their due diligence, but there's probably a twelve different ones that get into part two, part five, book two. But I'm just looking on YouTube here. They can start with the link I shared. That, that's funny because when we did it, nobody else was out there. You couldn't get YouTube's on her. It just wasn't you know something that you saw. So it means that it's trending better. That you know, it's it's continuing to be known by the peoples of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's audio versions out there you can get as well. I don't have a link to them now, but yeah, it's all out there. It can be found. The books are downloadable if you, for those that like, um, oh, whatever they call them, Kindles. Uh, so reading the ebooks or whatnot, you can get download them. The the whole uh, reading of the Cedars books series, and or go to Half Price Books, which is where I got some of my Nancy that were hard to find. Just Half Price Books online, and you can get used versions of some of these that are hard to find books for. Well, half price about. Um, so worth taking a look at. Yeah, there's a number of those sites. I don't know them all, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, research. Do more. Don't just go to Amazon. <laughs> you know, find out where your other alternatives are. Mm-hmm. What was the book's take on taking care of bees? Because I knew you guys had covered that um, some years back, that her approach on bees was w- worth considering, too. Do you know the details? Oh, it- yeah, yeah, I can, I'll jump there real quickly because we're actually, oh, man, I hope I get to do it this year. There's so many things I want to do, um, and it's just always a time thing. I need to maybe extend working on time, extend that. But what we want to do is make the – so when Mark had mentioned the um, bees and whatnot, so one of the aspects was the – and I won't get too much into this – the shape and structure and how the beehives are built. They're not these big white wooden boxes, square boxes we throw out with hard angles to them and things like that. Um, often they're made out of tree stumps and there's different names for all of these. Again, that's for a bee radio show probably, but, um, yeah, you can actually hollow out logs and what I'm going to do is actually build a hexagon shaped hollowed out. So it'll look like a log. We'll even put the, um, the bark around it and whatnot, but there is a reason we've talked about it before. Why on honeycomb or on the frames of honey in a beehive bees build 
hexagon structures. It's not by mistake or random. Um, it's, it clearly holds energy or, or energy forms. Um, so anyway, we're going to build the overall beehive in that shape as well and then integrate. And I'm, um, wow, I'm forgetting her name right now, but a, a medical doctor as well that works with frequencies. Um, we were putting her her CDs and different frequency devices, even some of Walt Silva's stuff under the various beehives um, to see the different effects they have. And we're going to do the same with these, um, we'll call them ringing cedars beehives, but the natural ones. So we're going to take away the the paint, again, the hard 45 degree turns or edges that are in the boxes um, and go more natural. And the bees, of course, thrive in that environment. So do humans, a whole different topic there. But I mean, people have built the um, the different shaped houses and I, there's different shapes to them, but the round houses um, and depending on the, the actual segments, it's a different form. But no, they all move energy and they, they experience great um, healings and understandings and things like that in those environments. Same with bees. It's just a way of manipulating the energy in our environment so you access more. That's really the base of it. And then starting from that understanding, you can go anywhere. So don't limit yourself, um, anybody, on on their environment or understanding, and then you can experience more of your reality. Um, that's what bees do. They've actually, you can go on YouTube and you can see different versions of the Anastasia uh, you know, hive. You can, they, they'll tell you how to build them. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen them. Well, that was a, years <clears throat> ago, so but I suspect they still have them. Yeah, there's plans out there for all that kind of stuff, and I'm just going to customize my... I'm actually going to make, long story short, an Oregon beehive where you can do the staggering of organic materials, non-organic, and there's ways to do that. So in essence, a beehive that's an Oregon device um, that will perpetuate their their bees loving frequency. There's a frequency behind their buzz that people hear. It's not the sound, of course, it's the the frequency and yeah, it's a healing one. So we're gonna be playing around with that and I already put together plans. Sounds like fun. I want some honey. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna ramp up the Shungai beehives because spring in my area up here in um, the northwest, so Washington State, for those that don't know, is gonna ramp up here in a matter of weeks. Um, and then I'm going to hopefully get some time towards those, um, you know, new beehives, checking on some of the local apiaries where there are already shungite bees. And then hopefully that observation hive I've been talking about, getting it actually built so people can see um, an, a living beehive as it's actually growing. And that's just a plexiglass beehive. I'm going to build it in a door. So they call them observation hives. So people can see inside the hive. Yeah, we're going to have it inside the store. No, no, I mean, they can see inside the hive. Correct. Watch what's happening to the bees while they're in the hive. I mean, right? Isn't that what it's about? That's exactly what it's about. You can see, and the bees don't mind. Um, and I'll share a, a link on YouTube right now. It's actually showing one of those. But that's what it is. So then you can see the bees, see what they're doing and, and what's going on in there. And, yeah, so it's it's really interesting to see. And there's the link, so they call it an observation hive, and you basically take the frames uh, that hold honey and or the honeycomb, the bees are all over, if you, if you can picture that, and then stick them in a plexiglass, you know, a house of some beehive, and the bees don't mind, you just don't have light on them all day long. Um, yeah, and you get to see the how it all works. And there's the actual tube, so people are thinking, well, wait a minute, you're in a, and yes, I'm talking about inside of a house or a building or a store like Mystical Wares, all you need is a, 
approximately one inch diameter um, tubing. So think like from your fish tank, but of course a little thicker and run it so it has an entrance and they will walk hundreds of feet through a tube just to get to the beehive every time they come and go from the hive and then go out and collect pollen and nectar and whatnot and bring it back. And they'll stay there for years. You know, I never thought about that. That's amazing. So it's, an, yeah, I you, mean, I, I mean, if I thought about it, I'd think, well, you'd have to have it next to a outer wall that you could put a hole in. But you're saying yeah. just that they will walk in a, in a rubber how do they know? How do they know that that's where they they came from? I mean, pheromones. So look at the image for those again that are in chat. You'll see an image of a an observation hive with maybe three frames stacked on top of each other, and then a blue. It looks like a vacuum tube coming out the side. Basically, of course, every three days a new generation of bees. Well, technically every couple minutes a new bee is born in the hive. Well, that's where they started. They simply go to the door. The entrance, the tube, leave. They what they do, Nancy, when the bees leave. So yes, they'll walk through this. In this case, some weird-looking blue vacuum tube. I like the clear one, so you can actually watch the bees trucking along. They'll go outside of the tube when they leave the hive for the first time. Fly. I'm gonna tell you it's a figure eight, or scientists will tell you it's a figure eight. I kind of like the infinity symbol myself, and there's something to that. But that's what the bees do. They fly outside, back up a couple feet from the little hole they just found themselves in look around, do an infinity symbol, and then kind of think, program their, their waypoints there if you're um, ex-military, so we know it as waypoints, but GPS points, coordinates. And then they can fly off from there. So they know the entrance to the house, long story short. And then the pheromones, of course, they'll pick up on inside. But it's not like there's bees coming from the wild. And they're actually more protected hives because there's several feet, depending on that tube, um, for the local bees of that hive to stop intruders from coming in so they're actually a more secure way and the beehive is in your house or building or or store and heated so just imagine that and remember the entrance is outside so it's all good so the bees really flourish and benefit if you do it right you know um you know no artificial feeding keep it natural those type of things and they'll progress in observation hives for for years really indefinitely well, no, that that wouldn't that confuse them if they're warm inside, therefore not in a winter mode, and it's winter outside. Uh, it can't. Well, they'll know anyway by seasons and different things. So they they're very aware of seasons. A bee will literally walk out to the entrance. Oh, it's cold, and sit there, start shaking, and then all the bees all the way down that tube will sit there and shiver. They're communicating, shiver, and then they'll tell each other. So then they'll just come out for. Um, <clears throat> oh, geez, I'm blanking out the name. Um, but uh, bathroom breaks, basically. Um, wow, I'm really blanking on that name. But they know when it's cold outside. They'll feel it just like us. It's like walking up to the front door. You don't just throw yourself out the front door in the middle of winter or snow pile. Oh, that's where I found myself. Now, the bees are aware as well because they start toning down due to the energies in the environment. They Well, it's going to sound rude, but they start killing the drones. Bees are very aware um, of the time of year it is and what's coming regardless of how far away the front door is to the bedroom, we'll say. They know, and there's never been an issue. That, um, that is stunning. I mean, yeah. that, that really, I mean, I, I, every time I talk to you, I get more impressed with the beast. But th so it, it's not a matter of the cold creeping in and them realizing that winter's on its way. We're not going to have the pollen and the nectar out there to be able to, to live on. So we've got to kill the drones here. 
because the drones are males and they really need the females you know, to start up again. <laughs> <laughs> so they kill the males. And yet, even though they're in a warm environment, it's not the winter thing that's happening. They get it. There's nothing out there to eat. You they know, don't want to we, feed the lazy boys all winter. They just sit around. So, yeah, they off them. And I know I'm, I'm kind of being callous here, but it's just, you know, the way it works with them. And then they just regenerate them in the spring. Well, it's probably the way that we happen, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> it can happen that way. <laughs> in some weird way. Yeah. yeah so, how many of us old guys sit around during the wintertime and are lazy boys just eating and drinking all winter? <laughs> Uh, not humans, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 never. No. They're out skiing on the slopes. <laughs> bees yeah. probably, I doubt bees think it's fun to be out in the winter. <laughs> no, no, they, they get, well, they'll generate their own warmth anyway. They'll make a bee ball um, about the size of a basketball we've talked about and just sit there and, and shake or vibrate and generate a warmth. And then that's a continually moving to, back to toroidal shape, not just coincidence, a donut shape. It's moving, and so is the bee ball. I think we talked even a couple weeks ago about that. Um, yeah, it's all, all energy frequency, and they know how to move it, let me tell you. Energy, that is. And for those that don't realize it, the six-sided geometry that they use when they're making the hives, I mean the combs, when they're filling them with the, you know, the liquid life of honey, it's the most perfect geometric shape you can get, right, Derek? For, for, and, I, in this, in the concept of how to how to take a limited space and make the most of it. Yeah, and she's talking about the the honey cell. So yes, the little holes in honeycomb. If you look close enough, and you do the human eye, they're little hexagons. And yes, there is no more perfect fitting form than that in this reality. And the bees know it. But even that. They've, uh, scientists have done studies on this because, of course, when these honeycombs are being built to hold not just honey but brood, so just imagine being born in an environment like that, what that's going to do for your frequency-perceiving abilities. Again, a whole other show on that one. But the, the actual hexagon shape, the little six-sided shape you're talking about, is not just the entrance. It protrudes all the way down in this cell, it's called, and it pops into existence in less than a second. And this has been recorded and studied. So the bees, of course, are not in there with little trowels and little little things putting the, the wax up and forming it just right. No. They're starting the base of it, putting it in there. And then when there's enough built of the cell, it pops into its perfect shape. It's following energy lines. That's why when we make cosmic shungite um, nuggets or silver, um, so shungite nuggets tumbled in silver, the silver particles migrate along those same energy channels on Shungite and even go inside of it. It's called migration. That's why they don't use silver and gold in refined or huge amounts on circuitry because it, it does what it wants um, and follows its own lines. We'll actually walk off the circuit boards and things. But, yeah, so bees do the same thing on those little cells you're talking about. A fraction of a second, there's images of all this. Poof, all of a sudden it's a hexagon shape, perfect. Um, and then the bees start and eggs in there or whatever they're going to do. Well, how do you suppose they do that? You think they think it into existence? No, they're maintaining a frequency. The bees accumulatively are holding a frequency and in that loving, and yes, loving environment, things will align to their best self, be it a bee, be it a little patch of hexagon um, uh, honeycomb cell. 
The bees know what they want. They're seeing it. They know it. It's going to happen. We can all do this and with different things. Our thoughts and feelings start there, and then our environment changes to match. The bees are just damn good. <laughs> yes, maybe we should look something. Mark, you got anything else? We're getting down on time here. About seven minutes. Um, <clears throat> the, I saw... Um, Der, um, an interview Derek did uh, I think early this month called 13 Questions I mean the YouTube video shows three hours but maybe uh, people who want to know more about other stuff you do and then uh, also more expansive outside of uh, uh, the Shanghai show can you tell us about the interview he did oh sure yeah and what Mark's talking about is a 13 Questions podcast where um, I was interviewed and there's a another secret seven hidden questions I did do for their um I think it's like a Patreon channel you have to uh, subscribe to to get access to that. But it was something from, you know, the man's perspective, this, that. So I wasn't per se just on Shungite. It was from my perspective as an individual, all sorts of deep questions. Um, I really don't remember because it was several weeks ago now. Um, but that is available out there, 13 Questions podcast. Or sometime this week, I'm going to have another show coming out um, with Crow. 777 so c-r-r-o-w 777 if you're going on youtube there's two r's in there and then you'll see their podcast um where we got all kinds of energy the woohoo similar topics that we're talking about now um and they had some great new questions i had never um been asked before and then, so that should be coming out here probably in the next week or so as well um and when i have a link i'll share with nancy and remark so we can maybe get it out in some of the groups. I just don't have that link yet. Um, but that is coming out, so there's there's always more coming out. Okay, great, thank you. And then, of course, people can access the uh, Solaris Blue Raven interview you did uh, in December. That's also in the Cosmic Reality Archive. So lo lots of things to, to dig into for the coming new world. Um, Nancy, you see anything as far as remote viewing for next week? Uh, for the new month with noting? Like I say, I, I'm, I'm not doing any kind of remote viewing because it's so squirrely out there, you wouldn't know where you were. You know, you could think you're seeing something. Well, that's one timeline. Is it the one that's going to manifest? Because things are changing. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, it's every person that all of a sudden wakes up to their own potentiality, you know, every time that happens, you have a change in the timelines. Now, it may be just a, a little energy, you know, a little bite of energy, but you get enough of these and then all of a sudden you've got a, you've got a, a timeline shift because more people are believing in the new reality than the old reality. So, no, I, I, I honestly am telling everybody, I don't know what the heck I'm, you know, I don't know what's happening. I don't think anybody yeah, does. I'm not, I'm not stuck on any dates either. I mean, we see things, like you said, individually even town by town and, and so there's been a hard crack on a lot of the governors new mexico of course new york and in california so once one of them goes down then i just there, there's going to be a domino effect um, oh there's a tremendous amount of of awakening i mean like the situation in new york is the democrats that are furious the republicans are like well yeah we told you so you know <laughs> but the democrats are the ones that are you know off with his head I mean, they, so when, once you begin to wake up the Democratic Party to the fact that 
you know, your party may have been stolen. You may want to be paying attention to these people and stand up and be a responsible legislature because it does seem to be that it power to the people. You know, this is this is the the recalls on on the California governor and the uh, let's say public outcry against a lot of these other ones. That's the people. The people are waking up. You know, Trump's not there to lead us. We got this crazy person leading us now, <laughs> driving us right into the pits of hell. But it won't happen because too many people are waking up. They're already yeah, awake, got- but they're waking up faster. And the right people. I always said, you know, when I was talking 5G, it was like, you know, all these people that you think are opposing you are opposing you because of their ignorance. We have to give them an excuse to do the right thing. And, you know, a lot of legislators who could go and not pay attention to, you know, all of the things that they should have been paying attention to, they virtually have to pay attention. You know, they have an excuse to do the right thing. The wrong thing is going to, you know, destroy this country. So, yes, as my neighbor said, a lot of people think it looks awful, but it's really a good thing, isn't it? Derek, you got anything else you want to add here? No, no, nothing I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Just kind of filling in, adding those links for the Crow and the 13 Questions podcast in chat there so we can get them out there. Um, Okay. No, that's staying busy on this end. Um, nope. Mark, anything else? Yeah, we've got a full moon coming up on the 27th, so something to prep energies for. Okay, uh, because despite... he, he gives us these moon things, but what, what it means when he says that there's a new moon, there's an old, old theory that if you want to manifest something, or like in plants, it starts with plants, okay? If you want to start a garden, start on the new moon, because by the time you get to the full moon, the, 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 the plants are growing. And it's the same thing with uh, concepts of manifestation, you know? If there's more, it seems like there's more birthing power in the new moon than there is in the, in the full moon, correct? Mark? Yeah, exactly. Um... So just surfing the wave and then making use of the energies for your own uh, goals. Yeah, thanks everybody. The, yeah, use the energies. You're right. Use the energies that are there. That's why we pay attention to these things. You know, it's easier if you're not pushing against a a mountain of of energy coming at you. Go with the energy that's flowing towards, you know, the future and and where we're going and what you want manifested. All right then. Um, Shanghai uh, Cosmic Reality is on later today, and there's a, a show following this on numerology with Lee Brown, and then we have Radio 5G. I highly recommend it if you have not heard it. It's about the you know the shot thing, and it's very very informative. Be safe, everybody. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Shanghai Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for being here. Be safe.